Carano to the world. Josh, Josh, Josh! This is Josh Holiday Live. Talk that rocks. The public needs to be informed. Josh might surprise us. Got an opinion? Dial 647-6-YO-JOSH. When you hear him, you're like, what? Josh Holiday Live starts now. That, that is the energy level we need here. Oh, man. <laughs> Got to start hot. Who was that? Was that, was that a friend of yours? It's not me. Huh. It's a guy. A guy with a voice. Yeah. I don't have that voice. No, it's a high energy voice. It's kind of hard to follow up. Uh, well, we try. We gotta. We gotta. See. If we start high energy, we can build up can, to our. our, yeah, our I was gonna mellow, say, yeah, we can build up middle. to a mellow middle. Yeah, it is Josh Holiday live. We are live. If you're listening uh, uh, via the a podcast, or if you're listening uh, afterwards, it's not live. It's just that simple. It's not a hard concept to to figure out. If it's between 8 and 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on a Tuesday or a Friday at this point, you're listening live. But if it's not that, I'm afraid you're listening to a recording. Please, no phone calls. But right now, as as we speak, this is live, and we will welcome your phone calls at 647-6-YO-JOSH. And if you have trouble figuring out the, the numerical letter thing, it's... Six four seven six nine six five six seven four. Matthew Reed, or Maddie as I like to call him, oh. is uh, is hanging out tonight. He's a. Uh, uh, I sh- I should read this uh, parts parts of your bio. All right. Yeah. What is it? You're a. Uh, it's a it was a, like a hefty hefty bio. Yeah. And I've closed that page, but yeah. you're a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're a. Instru- you you're a musician, yeah. composer, yeah. Uh, improviser, and when in terms of musically, yes, soundtrack, soundscape creator yeah. for film, for television, yeah. uh, for live theater, most notably uh, for over 19 reviews for the Second City. Yeah, uh, Second City goes to the symphony. You're you're a big yeah. part of that. Yeah, uh, it's my baby. Oh, video games. Yeah, a few, yeah. And uh and and you have a, a unique skill in that you can improvise music to live shows and, and, and that type of thing, which is is kind of cool. Yeah. Mostly I ignore what's going on stage. And <laughs> just, just do play. your own thing. Yeah. <laughs> it syncs up. Uh you have a website, Matthew C C Reed. Read R E I D dot com. Uh I went to a, a cottage this week. Hmm. It's been uh what well, I go maybe once a year to visit some friends on an island. Up until I was 30, our family had a cottage on an island, and it was the best thing ever. Hmm. And then my uh, parents ended up selling it. Um, We have a strangely similar path. Yeah. Did they sell it out from under you? (laughs) No, I never thought of it that way. And, And it was, of course, one of those things that I think about more fondly now than then. It felt more like... You know, escape from New York when I was there as a kid. Yeah, I um, I have fond memories of of a lot of summers spent up there and and weekends. And sometimes I would go up there on my own a lot. And it was it was really kind of nice because mm. it was a single cottage on an island in the middle of a lake. So yeah. uh, there was a real desolation to it, which I liked. What, what lake was it? Uh, lake Muskoka. 
Okay. Just in case there was some weird thing where we were living. Yeah, we, strange parallel, we were across, dark the, sort of across the river from each other. Um, in two different times, yet at the same time. So I, yeah, so the one thing I don't miss is the driving mm. to get there. It's just so, traffic in the city has become crazy. Yeah. Um, but I now go once a year to visit friends who uh, have a large island and big extended family. And I was more excited this time uh, to go and see it through my dog's eyes, sort of. Yeah, Not okay. really see it, but experience it mm-hmm. through him because I, I know how much dogs that I've had in the past have enjoyed sort of being on islands by the lake and running around. Yeah. And uh, these people have dogs as well. And uh, it was he was a little uh, weirded out by the boat. Okay. But he once he got on this island, he was perfect. There's another mm-hmm. larger dog than him that he followed around and they, they played all the time. But then there was uh, about five or six kids uh, from the ages of about six till maybe 12. Okay. And they all have tablets mm-hmm. and we, we kind of look over and they're all falling around the dog with their tablets trying to take his picture. It looked like a, <laughs> like a paparazzi for the dog. They were surrounding him. <laughs> Uh, and then later the kids were like to chase him around and play with him. So it was, it was good. It was really fun to sort of see him experience the island. And, was, and was it that, that sort of mesmerization when the dog finally came to, to the island, got off the boat and was on the island where they're just sort of staring in the space. And it's almost like a, you know, you remember yourself as a six year old yeah. boy remembering, uh, experiencing something that's sort of like the dog <laughs> when he's in nature like that. He was right into it. Cause the, the other dog, there was two other dogs greeting him at the dock. Uh-huh. Uh, when we arrived. <laughs> so he already, he was kind of like, Oh, this is a lot to take in. Uh-huh. And he just started running around and smelling everything. Uh, I brought back souvenirs in the form of mosquito bites. Yes. And it's weird. Cause it, it's like four days after mm-hmm. they sort of take their t- different timelines to itch. Like the, f- the first one I felt was on the, on my elbow. Mm-hmm. And then about a day later, there was one on the inside of my wrist. Mm-hmm. And then just yesterday, there was one that's right at the base of my foot. It's it's very strange because mm-hmm. you usually think, okay, pretty soon after you get bit, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, mosquito, we villani- we've villainized mosquitoes yeah. a lot because they now are, are ca- carry a lot of disease and it's well it, back yeah especially i mean back then i mean it's a, well and it's it, a tradition a traditional villain as, as the carrier well when they figured out that they did carry malaria they wouldn't have known necessarily no but and, and also you know we're we're pretty lucky here mm-hmm. though uh west nile is is a, is a new threat uh, mm-hmm. via mosquito but um i i just i think there would be a lot more um, if they didn't, if they didn't like, I don't understand why they have to leave an itch. Cause I'd be fine donating. Like if they just took my blood took and I, blood. I, and I knew nothing of it, yeah. I don't care. Take it yeah. in small doses. I'm, I, I, I can't donate blood cause I get faint and I, I get all passy out. Oh. If I, if I'm, but if it's a mosquito, mm-hmm. they can have at it. Take, take it away. Just as don't, long as it didn't itch. Afterwards. Don't don't itch after. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you see that? If, if it was a warm, slightly fuzzy sensation. Or, that would be even or maybe, better. Maybe even erogenous, slightly erogenous. Yeah, if they left like a little kind of tingle like it. Yeah. Like they did some like good. Like a, a slight euphoria, or maybe they gave you some. Maybe, yeah. Maybe they gave you a little bit of mosquito icor that, that you know, gave you a little <laughs> bit of. Yeah. 
cleansing or youth, or something, something, something. If they had some positive effect, yeah. no, we their, wouldn't hate them at all through their bite. We'd be yeah. happy about we'd it. Hit them, yeah. We no. we go out we in the wild. Yeah. No, we 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 would pursue that. Yeah, yeah. Did you see this story about a, a guy who went to the eye doctor because mm. he had some issue with his eye? It was all like like giving him troubles, mm-hmm. and it ended up being a tick on his eyeball. And the doctor had to take it off with tweezers. I can't, like, I can't. Lodge itself into the. Right on his eyeball. Mm. <laughs> I can't imagine that. Mm. I'm so, um, I get faint at needles. Yeah. And I don't like anything touching my, my eye. Like, I try, I wear glasses. Um, I've tried contacts. <clears throat> Part of the problem with the contacts for me is I have a heavy astigmatism. So okay. you have to wear those torque ones and they they feel like, like you, <clears throat> you're aware of them in your eye a little too much for yeah, me. Yeah, it's like a little squeeze. But also just the anything like... Without the mosquito euphoria. Trying to touch my eye. Yeah. It's, I can't, I get all fainty, so it's gla- yeah. glasses for me. I uh, I had surgery in my eye. Was, oh, you did? It was not a tick, but uh, one day after uh, after a night, uh, I th- <laughs> thought I saw insects on the wall. I thought, oh, there, there's a classic hangover sort of situation. Yeah. Um, but shortly after my, my eye was, was going fuzzy in the corner, in the, in the lower, uh, the lower left corner. And I thought, okay, well, that's lesson learned. I won't do that again. And, uh, but it didn't go away. It started, yeah, it started to move up and get darker and darker as the day passed. And I was doing a gig at the time, playing at the piano, (laughs) finished it, found a good part because I, uh, you're still thinking, even at my age, I'm still feeling a little, well, I'm invincible. I'm never going to die and nothing bad is ever going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. Except for what I've always experienced, already experienced and that hasn't killed me yet. But it turned out that the uh, my retina had torn. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So uh, you would have hated this because I had to, it, it was very, it was very advanced to fix it and yet incredibly primitive in some ways because they're, they're healing it with lasers. So they, what they have to do is they have to take out the liquid that's sat in there because the liquid pushes the, the retina away yeah. and causes you to go, to go blind. So they have to get that liquid out so the retina touches again. And then have to, they have to seal the hole, which they do with a laser. So you've oh. got a laser right in your eye. Yeah. So, you know, very, and it's very kind of, kind of cyber, cyberpunk because all they're doing is they're fixing, they're fixing a hole and they put a little bubble in there that you have to uh, you have to lie in a position for a very long time for for 48 hours i think it was oh my 70, God. 72 hours or the no it was the whole damn week you had <laughs> to lie lie on one side so a bubble would float up to push to push the uh the retina back into the shape where it was supposed to be so it was, it was both very scientifically advanced and very very primitive yeah need yeah. for that bubble lie on your side yeah i uh the thing that also gives me fear about having my eyes worked on is I'd be cool if they just knocked you out, mm-hmm. like had general anesthesia, I went to sleep, and then, you know, an hour later I wake up and I have good vision. Mm-hmm. But you kind of have to sit there with your eyes open watching everything happen. Yeah, yeah. And then I also think, like, if it was laser, I still think I would, my mind would think about what the laser's doing, like mm-hmm. lifting my eyeball-y kind of, mm. yeah just you do feel it i had to get i had to get a painkiller right in the eye oh I, 
I, I felt, oh, that feels like it's burning. That, my eye might, is my eye on fire? It feels like <laughs> it's on fire. Um, Can you please put that fire out? My father got uh, his eyes done uh-huh. before they had laser surgery. What? Yeah. They go in with a scalpel and make like little slits and in, in insertions. Right, right. And that, I just, I it's like ca- unfathomable. Cataract? No, oh, not pre- even cataract. Like he just had sort of vision problems. Right, right, right. This doctor uh, up in Richmond Hill, it was like, you know, at that time, state of the art, he would go mm-hmm. in with like, you know, scalpel and just sort of very minutely adjust things. But I can't imagine like watching a scalpel come towards my eye and, and ugh. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so gross. Um, <laughs> did you, uh, did you install the face app thing on your phone now that everyone is, is no, put it, posting it? No, cause, cause one, one thing, those people who made themselves old will never get those years back. <laughs> now that, you know, it's all I, gone. I don't understand that. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I did install, I, I've had on my phone the, I guess more, um, Simple versions of of that app where okay. where it makes you look into an old man, but it basically does the same thing to everybody. It just kind of adds wrinkles, and you you know it's it's pretty simplistic. It doesn't it doesn't really discriminate between between different people's looks and that type right. of thing. Depends on where your face is in the picture. The wrinkles might be slightly off. Past, yeah, yeah, you, you, you have to basically put the eye dots where the eyes are in the mouth, but it's still right, not right. always accurate. <laughs> and you can't be wearing glasses because it somehow yeah makes puts them, wrinkles on the glasses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I'm seeing some of these pictures and, I'm, and it, they're, it's pretty amazing to see. And I kind of want to see what I, I, what I would look like put through this filter, uh-huh. but I'm still erring on the side of caution where I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm not that cautious. Cause I, 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 uh-huh. I figure, well, if they have my information, like, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm old enough that it just, I'm not worried about it right now. Uh-huh. It's like, do what you want with my, my, Distorted image. <laughs> I don't care, but I still have not done it yet. So I don't. It's in order to sign up for this, what is it? Just the standard name, I, email. Well, I think it's you. Uh, you download the app to your your phone. Okay. And then, as part of installing that app, mm-hmm. I guess they get they get access to you know whatever information Apple has. Right. Your, your pictures, for, like your app contacts. developers have a certain yeah, and then. You know whatever pictures you put up there, uh, according to their terms of, of service, are they can use them in any, any way they want. Uh-huh. But you know, there's some people who are saying it's you know they're connected with the government; they could be using it for nefarious purposes. Uh-huh. And then others are like, well, not not to worry so much. It's basically just because it's a Russian company that created the app doesn't uh-huh. necessarily mean there's there's uh, evil being done. Right. So I'm cur- I am curious. So maybe what I'll do is borrow someone's phone who has it mm-hmm. get them to take my picture and send it to me yeah, on, <laughs> on their phone yeah 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 <laughs> that's, that yeah. seems and then frame and frame them for some crime too while you're at it well the, the, since they have their <laughs> the russians will get them <laughs> not me do, uh, do you know what david follows did <laughs> he's a criminal mastermind russia russia um <laughs> i uh there's a sale recently Let's do this for a sec. Yeah. 
You all know that thing you use to send text. It works for actual mouth talking. Josh stuff, Josh stuff, more Josh stuff, Josh stuff, more Josh stuff. Get in on the conversation. Punch 647-6-YO-JOSH to be heard. Talk that rocks. Josh Holiday live. And that That's David right. Falls is an absolute jerk. He's an incredible jerk. Uh, yeah, you can call us if you like. Um, recently, the uh, uh, you know the ancestry kits, the the yeah. self, not self DNA. I mean, you spit and send it off to somebody, uh-huh. but yeah, part of it you do at home mm-hmm. in the privacy and of your own space. Yeah, there were sales on a, a few of them recently, and I had been curious about it for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, because they have kind of mixed mixed r- roots. Okay. So, I was uh, I was adopted as a baby. Okay. And in the year two thousand, I met my biological mother. Okay. Uh, through I guess a children's aid society. Um, if both parties contact them, saying yeah, well, I would like to get in touch. If both people get in touch, then they make that connection. And so we ended up meeting and um, had, you know, half biological brothers and sisters. But I didn't meet the the father. Although the weird thing is Mm -hmm. my biological mother talked to him, you know, sort of explaining that this is, you know, this is what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And he he wasn't ready for it, which totally fine by me. You know, it's not, it's, it's, there's no, no pressure. But the weird thing is I, I know her knew where he, he he's a funeral director. Oh. And I kind of knew where he, where he works and stuff. And I always thought about going and and kind of anonymously going to this funeral home hmm. and just walking and around. Being and being driven there in a coffin. Pl- <laughs> yeah. Placed into yeah, the room. Yeah, that's right. Get in. As get he's in, about to. And then pop up and be like, ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> You're my real dad. Um. But yeah, or even like just show up for a random funeral and just kind of look around for the for you know a guy who may look like my dad, uh-huh. and apparently he he had some kids as well. So there's some you know I have a very very vague notion of of biologically what my what my family right uh, tree is like right. So I've been sort of waiting for this the, for one of these things to go on sale because <laughs> I'm a cheapo uh, and. <laughs> Uh, I, what, what is, what's the regular price? Hundreds of dollars? Still? It's like, it still reasonably, it's still not, it's not terrible, no, no. but, um, uh, I think I just needed that extra, like, all right, let's do this yeah. now. Yeah. Um, and I went with the ancestry.com or ancestry.ca, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because I think it's the most used one. Yes. And I think they have the most sort of family tree type stuff happening on there. Okay. Um, also watched on the marketplace on CBC, uh, a, they did a feature on all these tests and one of the hosts has a twin sister. Mm-hmm. So they both sent their stuff out to see if there would if be, it was, if, it if it would matched. And, yeah. uh, some of it was slightly different, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And then some of the services were, were more accurate than, than others. But, mm-hmm. uh, ancestry for me seemed like the one that was probably the, the, the right choice. Uh, if you're listening and you've done this, you've you've put your uh, DNA out there to uh, Ancestry or or Twenty Three and Me or whatever any of those ones are, and you've had 
surprising results or or unsurprising results, uh, call us with your experience. 647-696-5674 is our telephony number. Uh, did yeah. you did you have a su- surprising experience? Well, n- no, I just got this. La- like I just ordered the kit last week, so, so it's okay. It's on its, it's way. Still, it's still waiting. The, yeah, the waiting. Uh, uh, at this point, yeah. my main uh, my main the thing I'm working on is just making sure I have enough saliva. <laughs> and so far, on a daily basis, there's a good you know. Yeah. It can vanish sometimes. I do wonder though. Like I wonder. I, I'm probably putting too much thought into this, but I'm like, mm-hmm. well, maybe I should, if I'm going to do the spit thing, I want to make sure that I haven't had a lot of garlic or something that, mm-hmm. like, or a lot of spit. Well, would it, yeah, would any kind mm-hmm. of like other people spit? <laughs> yeah, stay yeah. away. I don't make out with anyone because you don't want to mix DNA on there of someone yeah. else's. Yeah, because that'll be like the the fly. It'll yeah, brindle fly. Yeah, <laughs> be like like I don't know the science, but it'll come back. You're part female. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a jar of something you don't want. <laughs> what is this? I, I do wonder a little bit about the accuracy and, and it's it's sort of strange because it's it's more are you from this region and, mm-hmm. and, and it, I guess the more people that put their, their DNA into it, the more accurate it becomes for everybody. Yeah. Um, the other thing that they've done uh, is they've been able to uh, figure out some crimes and, and, and some people's DNA gets in there that is uh, not so is uh you know maybe leads to someone else who's uh done Russian some, crimes. Uh, yeah. Exactly. It's the Russians <laughs> are taking our DNA <laughs> and making other us who create who who do crimes. It turns out we're all Russians. <laughs> we're right. all guilty. Uh case closed. Russian Matlock. But you think yeah, I think in it, I think I think about it like, well, is there any reason my D- No, I'm pretty I'm pretty you know, I don't think of anything that that my DNA would get me in trouble for. So, no. uh, but it's, it is sort of strange that that it's come to that where where self submitted DNA mm-hmm. leads to some people being being uh, prosecuted. It's interesting. Very well, yeah. All the stuff that's happening with with uh, with CRISPR and, and whatnot and CRISPR gene, gene editing. Oh, gene. Ed- yeah. <laughs> Uh, I can't remember what CRISPR stands for. It's an acronym. I can look it up. Okay. We don't have to. Uh, what's your? Are you pretty? You have a pretty clear lineage on your side. I'm not entirely sure. We we used to we used to get oral history a little bit uh, because I remember doing a family tree and as, as part of school. So that's when the the interviews of you know the parents and grandparents. So, right. So yeah, we're able. To, I was able to get back. Five generations. Oh wow! Or so. And Everybody what's your has. thing? What's your deal? Just the usual, all over, all over the, you know, uh, England, Wales, Scotland, that whole uh, Ireland. Yeah, and then uh, vague things on my father's side when they were living in apparently in Manitoba in the sod hut. Oh. So I don't know what's going on there. Uh, it could be some interesting something Manitoba. a little different there. That's cool. Yeah, and a longer time. So I think they were in Canada longer than my mother's side of the family. They came over with my great grandparents, who almost uh, were, were almost on the Titanic. They were supposed to take the boat, and they, for whatever reason, missed it. So they could have been on the Titanic, but if they were on the Titanic, it wouldn't have sank because I'm I'm here now, and that would have that would have been a it's weird the, time thing. That would have the been butterfly a butterfly effect. Yeah. <laughs> 
do you uh, do you trim your body hair? <laughs> My body, which which body? Uh, <laughs> like which ones? Any 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 ones? Trimmer trimmer shave or pull? I like a good pull. I like to just get in there with a with a Tweezer? fistful and just yank. <laughs> There's a. Uh, are you an avid groomer? No, I. I'm sporadic because I'm not. I'm not in a relationship. Yeah. Um, I, you know, the only time I'm sort of shirtless is playing hockey. I play on co-ed teams, but it's all people like who f- you feel like brothers and sisters kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Um, I like to get shirtless with my brothers and sisters. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and then I I did have uh, a couple of years ago had a, a, a touch of the skin cancer. Oh, okay. And I had a hunk taken out of my leg uh-huh. uh, and knock on whatever this is made of. Yeah. Uh, everything seems cool now. Good, good. But I'm even now when I, I'll go swimming or something outside, mm-hmm. I have this swim shirt I wear that kind of covers the whole thing so I don't have to worry about slathering myself in, in uh, SPF. Right. It looks sort of ridiculous. <laughs> I look like a, kind of like a surfer a little bit, but okay. I'm not surfing. <laughs> I'm just wading <laughs> into the pool. Uh, but I did like, I, I have very strange, uh, like my, my body hair, like my chest hair, mm-hmm. pubis hair. Okay. It doesn't get super curly. It kind of just grows straight out. Okay. Very so fine. And yeah, it's like, just like, like, we, like, we, like we, if you put it, it's, it's it gets long rather than just kind of thick. You're not a very hairy man either. Are you? I'm not, a not especially, hairy man. no, no, not, not like, I'm not a, not a, full of hair but the hair yeah. that i do have like sort of in the chestal area kind of grows like you know <laughs> it's like having extra long nipple hairs and yeah uh and you know it's like uh uh um you know down below it's like a uh, like it's uh, a sparrow's egg in a bird's nest kind of okay <laughs> yeah uh so but if i'm going to uh florida if i'm going you know i feel like i'm going to be like summering i'll i'll trim with a uh like a little trimmer. Okay. Not not shave or wax or where it's like there's no hair. Mm-hmm. Just kind of tidy tidy everything up and and uh make it a little bit nicer. Uh I've never had I've never had that problem. I, I was so happy to finally get chest hair in my oh yeah mid twenties. And I'm not a particularly hairy guy. No. I have no. Like, like legs I, I do and then a, l- a little bit like back. And so once in a while like I did for a while I found. I think it was a Groupon or something. Was getting the the laser for the back. Okay. Not that it was like a, a, a you know it was a little bit patchy here and there, and yeah. and so I figured, oh, that shouldn't be much effort. But now, once in a while, I will, uh, if I if I feel like I'm gonna have some kind of shirt off experience, be it a vacation or maybe dating someone new. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, <laughs> I'll I'll go and uh, get it waxed off. Uh, there's, I was saying, I was, I was thinking about and remembering shirtless days. Cause it's, you know, you used to see it in the city streets a lot more. You don't really see it in the guys city walking streets. around with it's their on, shirts. It's on, it's on the beach now. Still, yeah. still in those places. But you know, growing up in the seventies and eighties, you'd probably see 
most days of the year where it's a little warmer, a bunch of guys who were walking around without their shirts. Yeah. And they probably weren't carrying a shirt either. They probably left. They left their house their without a shirt. <laughs> without I was, a shirt. I was always weirded out by guys who would drive a, drive a car like without a shirt on. Uh-huh. It seems so weird. Like, like, <laughs> I feel like is it need... weird or is it liberating? Is it something we've forgotten? It just feels like <laughs> you should have some something between you and the car seat. Right. Like, like other than your your. Back. Right, we're talking beyond beyond the liberation and and the the, the ugliness of of body moisture, <laughs> yes. body moisture on naga hide. They did a they did a uh, a survey about men and their body hair. Okay, uh, over fifty fifty five percent of men mm-hmm. are ashamed of their body hair. Uh, nearly one third. Oh, sorry, what was the percentage? Fifty fifty five. Okay, so it's over half. Um, yeah, my my glasses aren't good enough. Uh, nearly one third of men surveyed, thirty one percent, said they've avoided swimming uh, before out of embarrassment for their body hair. Okay, I, I may uh, maybe did that. Uh, another one in four say they avoided the gym. Okay, although if you go to the gym, you don't like. Well, dep- I guess it keep your shirt on, on at the gym, and no one's going to make a fuss. I maybe oh maybe the locker room there they were worried about guys maybe guys I don't know uh, nearly one in five men feel that their body hair has had a negative impact on their sex life okay and forty four percent of the men surveyed consider it unmanly mm-hmm. for men to practice good grooming, grooming? habits yeah hmm. I don't think it's necessarily I mean there's a, probably a fine line like if I I find if you so precious about it. Like I think if you're getting your your balls waxed, mm-hmm. maybe that's sort of the the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> or even the the like the shaved chest. I find a little bit like seems like a lot of effort. Yeah, more than necessary. It's interesting throughout history. Of course, masculinity has been more defined by hairiness than than lack than, of than lack of. Yeah, uh, and it's weird because it, it was like there was just the, now. And, it, and of course, it's coming back. Beards are very big again. Uh, but the, I guess, after the war, the Second World War, where people would would uh, almost religiously shave, and in the early, in the Enlightenment and the 18th century, and every other time in history, it's it's all beards and mustaches. Yeah. Well, and now it's it's pretty popular mm-hmm. not to not to shave, not and, to shave. and the hipsters with their giant beards. Mm-hmm. Um, the top five body hangups uh, when it comes to to men's uh, not body hangups for men generally mm-hmm. chest hair by forty percent back hair mm-hmm. beer belly mm-hmm. acne yeah. and lack of uh, muscular stuff. All right, have uh, <laughs> uh, uh, if you if you uh, have thoughts on body hair, you can call us six four seven six. Yo, Josh, that is the telephone number you can call. Um, or if you want to talk about anything, we're going to do trivia in a while. And if you want to be a part of that, you think you're a, a whiz, you want to prove your your intelligence or to, just to, your... If you want to prove your intelligence to me and Josh. Yeah. Because the, <laughs> that's the bar, folks. We're setting the bar high. It's us. Can yeah. you can you beat us? Do you want to not look like a fool in front of us? Yeah, we will judge, not super harshly, 
in a friendly, teasing way. Uh, you can call us up. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I do like trim, but <laughs> that's about it. I've but I have hair. Like I used to be embarrassed. Like like I have hair on my feet and mm. now on my hands. Uh-huh. And I used to be very self conscious. Now I'm. I think I've. I'm at the who gives a shit age, yeah. where I'm just eh, whatever. It just hasn't been something I've had to really think about. It's no, one of those. Yeah, it's like, and I would I would speculate that a lot of the men who aren't shaving these days, uh-huh. uh, it's almost like the the shaving industry has priced us out, where it really is expensive to to shave. The blades are so goddamn expensive. Are they now? Yeah. Hmm. So I I rarely get down to the like actual skin. I have just a trimmer and. That's about it. Mm. It always just just used to be a pain for me. It like, felt like this it silly, is. just a, a pointless ritual. I can understand wanting to look a little clean. Yeah. But I've, I've always, once I was able to finally get some stubble, I was happy to always have a little bit of stubble. Yeah. And the, I can understand the smooth face if you're, if you're smooching someone and, and yeah. the aesthetics of that. Of that. <laughs> the tactile aesthetics versus the, the, yeah. the visual aesthetics. Well, yeah. If you have a a scruff and you're making yeah. out for a while, yeah, the the woman ends up with a big red welts around her mouth. Yeah, it's just if you're lucky. If you're lucky, if you get that mm. really heavy duty makeup, yeah, um, it's a badge of victory for a long for time. Everybody, it, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's the same as us maybe getting like a lipstick around our our lips from a from a makeup. Yeah. No, I I never washed that off. No. That's a victory for I, everybody. I don't wash that area. <laughs> I need people to see yeah. my, that I've had some sort of success at something. Yeah. And also brings out the color in my cheeks <laughs> yeah, I, right. for some reason. Uh, for a long, long time uh, in North America, it's been pretty commonplace for women to shave their pits. Uh-huh. Europe, not so much. Uh-huh. And as a North American guy, I do find sometimes that... Uh, when I've been in Europe mm-hmm. or w- when I see it here, I'm still kind of taken aback by uh, uh, underarm hair on, on a woman. Mm-hmm. But I now, I know it's maybe considered unmanly, but when we're talking about uh, trimming hair, mm-hmm. I, um, when I'm doing the clippers, mm-hmm. I'll like kind of shave down all the... Just all reduce a little bit? No, like I reduce as much as the, like not even number one, but mm-hmm. just the, like the clippers without any kind of thing on them. Uh-huh. So it's like tiny little hairs, but on the uh, on the armpits, because especially in the summertime, that's where all the smell gathers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it gets you some, it buys you some extra time between showers uh, <laughs> without having that stink. Like if you want to go out for coffee, it's like, yeah, I'm good. I can go for a coffee before right. a shower. Right. Oh, I thought you were talking about like, Periods like days. That yeah. bought me. Two, well, no, but some that like, bought me three days like a, and no showers. Maybe like thank a t- you, short hair. Maybe like a two. Like because sometimes I'll play hockey. Yeah. In an evening. Right. Then the next day I, I I don't shower and then that following morning, if I didn't have if I had pit hair, mm-hmm. there'd be some bo. But if I don't, there's no bo. So maybe that morning I can still get out out of the house before having a, a shower. Right. Right. Walk right. the dog and, and such. Um, and now it seems to be a bit of a trend where, uh, women are in, in, in not a lot, but, mm-hmm. but are, are going back to the, the natural look. Mm-hmm. And 
I feel like I'm reversing roles here. Well, now I'm I'm <laughs> I'm shaving my pits, uh-huh. uh, not my legs, uh-huh. but yeah, you know, I could. Uh-huh. Uh, but the yeah, with the areas where the smell gathers, because we have different I, I like ideas of, of what's of what's ridiculous and what's uh, what what are pointless rituals, so to speak. Yeah. Like, oh, why shouldn't I do that? It's uncomfortable. I know it's different, but I'm going to do that because yeah, it's just roles. Yeah. Roles, baby. Roles. We're, all, we're all playing roles yeah. in the in the theater of life. What is my part? <laughs> uh, I have many small parts. Hmm. There are uh, no small parts. Um, this is interesting. It's a publicity stunt. Okay. Uh, there's a travel agents organization, and they're looking for vacation horror stories, oh. not horror stories. Horror mm-hmm. stories. Yeah, <laughs> I think extra there's, syllable. I'm sure there's another organization looking for horror stories. Yeah, it's Hor- on there. What's it? Rule twenty three. Yeah, horror monthly. Mm. Um, and they uh, are talking about uh, vacation horror stories. You submit them, mm-hmm. and the best one, or or in this case, the worst travel story, okay, uh, will win a do over, valued up to ten thousand uh, dollars, with these travel agents handling all the. Uh, all the uh, arrangements. A do-over? Yeah. Like if you had a terrible, brutal mm-hmm. like vacation experience, okay. they want to make it right by sending you on on maybe the same or something similar that's, oh. you know, will, will actually work okay. and be a good thing. Okay. Uh, you've traveled quite a bit. A little bit. You, you tour. Not a ton, you've, but a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. you've toured with the Sex City. Yep. Uh, and you've been, been about any... Horror stories or any just uh, sucked stories? No, and you know, um, not nothing that's coming to mind right away. Um, you know, I almost wanted to pitch a show called Everywhere's Cool because <laughs> I've gone to, you know, these these are the places that you go to only because work brings you there, and you'd probably never take a trip there. No, but once once I'm in. You know, it, it could be a small town in Ontario or the States or somewhere in Europe, and and, and there's always something that I, I'm I'm like uh, I'm like the old family circus cartoons, you know, Billy, <laughs> Billy wandering around aimlessly, yeah, the little the little lions, and just taking pictures and and trying to remember what I see and, and finding things that are kind of fascinating, and and the walks just get longer and longer because you think, okay, I'll just walk to that corner, but and instead I'll say, else. what the yeah. what is that? And then you walk because you want to you want to see what's around the corner. Uh, so horror stories. I can't think no, of any. No. I, I can think of like minor stuff where, you know, I'm just a complainer, but it's not horrific. Mm. Uh, if do you, Hey, do you have a horror story? <laughs> <laughs> Give us a call. Talk that rocks. It's Josh holiday live. Need to be heard. Tell your phone to call six, four, seven, six. Yo, Josh. Yes. You can call us. And tell us your horror horror stories. Uh, if something happened to you bad on a trip, I tend to walk into a lot of tough neighborhoods by mistake. Yeah, but it's yeah. never resulted in any kind of no. Because usually, I some a lot of times. Sometimes I look like I fit in, and sometimes, you know, we get we we hear about tough and bad neighborhoods all the time, and don't oh, don't you dare go there. You'll you'll die. But I mean. For the most part, people leave each other alone. Mm-hmm. 
maybe maybe you'll get a maybe you'll get approached and that's as far as it'll go but yeah yeah uh, yeah i was in uh, when i was in costa rica uh sort of walking down the road to this entrance to this uh n- national park mm-hmm. uh gentleman was like you want cocaine 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 i'm like Cocaine. <laughs> That's sort of a big step. <laughs> Cocaine. I don't know if I'm just going to visit this national park. With, uh, but it was strange. Uh, that was Cancun for me. I, I, oh, yeah? My, fr- my friend Ralph and I, you know Ralph McLeod? Yeah, I'm Ralph McLeod. Uh, we went to Cancun <laughs> on a mid- midlife crisis trip a couple of years ago. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, just had a good time. And, and we're, we're, we're pals pals out drinking and hanging out in the beach and and walking into downtown Cancun we ended up in a bar and ended up in a in a place well, let's go to the quiet let's go to the quietest place because <laughs> it's nuts Can, yeah. Cancun in the tourist area is bananas it's just sin city uh, and it's like a subway car so you end city. up at Senor Frogs that's exactly where we went to that's exactly where we went to and surprisingly that was the quietest was the quietest place, place. <laughs> um and and we're sitting there and I think, oh finally we can we can just have a conversation. And we we, we struck up a conversation with, with some women who look like they're about our age. Oh. Uh and suddenly they break off the uh, off the conversation and they say, Oh, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go to the end of the bar. What 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 what? Our daughters are on the bar. And their daughters were dancing on the bar. Oh my god. And I don't think they were wearing underwear. And they ran up to what? videotape them with their with their phones. It was like they were reliving their own youth. Okay, hang on. Though. Their, yeah. These. So how old were these daughters? These like, daughters would have been like whatever drinking age in Mexico like is. So probably drinking. Or or probably older. They're probably twenty one because I think these are probably American. Okay. Um, American mothers. Oh, oh, wait till so you're it wasn't locals. Then go bananas. It wasn't locals. It was like other tourists. No, this was too. Yeah, Cancun oh. is just all tourists, uh, and they're filming their daughters oh. dancing, and that's when the foam came out. Oh, and the room filled. It was a foam party. And a I, foam party broke out in a bar you yes. were at, and you had no idea. Yeah, I mean, we wanted to go people watch, but we, we that's just a didn't want to be. <laughs> sur- we didn't want to be too surrounded, and we didn't want insanity. And then I escaped, and, and I. I met the owner and I said, "Oh, you got a really cool place here, man. I'm, I'm glad we came out to uh, to discover." He said, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah." Oh, and, if, and if you want any Molly, cocaine, uh, <laughs> women, <laughs> just casual. And that was that was the line everywhere. You're Molly, cocaine, women. Yeah. No, 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 man. We're we're cool. Thank you. Well, I guess uh, yeah, I guess in Mexico, I guess that's may, maybe for for you think there if they're offering it, there, there must be some demands somehow. From there's, there's definitely demand for sure. And I guess, especially in Cancun, where where people I think go to mm-hmm. like party, yeah, or. it's all yeah, it's all inclusive resorts. It's all about yeah, getting your thing on, letting go and forgetting what uh, what you left behind for a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was reading an article uh, about they have five. Five places where you can retire nicely on just thirty thousand dollars a year. Okay, I imagine that's thirty thousand U.S. It's a U.S. article. Okay, uh, but this is outside the U.S. and uh, Mexico's on there. One one of the towns in Mexico. Mm-hmm. The number one they list here is Puerto Viejo, Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. A couple can live comfortably in this town for just uh, two grand a month or uh, twenty four thousand a year. Mm-hmm according to International Living. Warm weather, beaches, and Italian, Argentinian, and French restaurants 
Hmm. Uh, when I was in Costa Rica, I, I you know get, you give it thought. You think yeah, there's a lot of expats here, and, mm-hmm. and there's certain towns where it's pretty heavily populated by by people from England or, or all over, mm-hmm. uh, and it's relatively. I mean, it's getting more expensive as as the tourism increases and, and as more people go down there. But yeah. uh, you know, it would be a kind of a pretty laid back, cool lifestyle. The one thing that well, there's more than one, but the main thing uh, for me is the main way I get my exercise and, and also, you know, a lot of my social life is is playing hockey. Mm-hmm. And until I'm physically unable to play hockey, I don't know that I could live somewhere where it's unavailable to me. Like I just, mm-hmm. it's such a part of my, my life and my existence yeah. that that I kind of need to be somewhere where that's happening. Do you think you'd you'd miss cold? You'd miss cold weather. No, just, I lived in just L- the hockey. I lived in LA for for a year, and yeah. and I it rained once for like a for a couple hours. Um, <laughs> uh, although I wasn't there, yeah, almost a year. Uh-huh. But but it didn't it didn't rain much, and I I loved. I I'd take warm every day over over winter for sure. Yeah. The, uh, old, the older I get, the more I think that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just February. You know, if we can just maybe skip January, <laughs> February. March. Yeah, March even. Well, and this spring has been brutal. It's been a long, yeah. We long didn't really get a spring. Right. We just jumped into into summer. Uh, number two on this list is uh, Lagos, Portugal. Okay. Uh, couples can live in this town in uh, Portugal. And I guess they're... They're thinking of couples here. Huh. Uh, I would have to work on that part. Okay, um, but couples can live in this town. You could do, you could do the opposite of, of, of what the uh, the kids sneaking into the movies did with the with the jacket. <laughs> divide yourself into two and, and get two, two jackets. Couple, yeah, two jackets. Yeah, and, and then <laughs> you can live for the yeah, yeah. For the discount price. Uh, or find a, a lovely Portuguese woman, maybe Mo- move there and yeah. and do as the locals do. Yeah, uh, this is. Uh, you can live there for about twenty-five grand a year. Moderate climate year-round, uh, near the ocean. Hmm. Uh, city is fairly flat. Uh, number three on the list is Acumal, Mexico. I'm I'm sort of skeptical about Mexico, though. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who have either retired there or mm-hmm. spend uh, a lot of their their year there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people we sold our cottage to, from what I understand, they spend. The warm months, the Canadian warm months, mm-hmm. at the cottage, yep. and then in the winter they live in Mexico. In Mexico, yeah. I've got a few friends who who ended up there, and some who only vac- vacation there. Lo- really love it down there. Yeah, I and I did like it. I I I think it's kind of uniformly that part of the world. I mean, you know, obviously there's there's different countries, there's different cultures, but. I, I really find myself liking South and Central America being down there. Yeah. Uh, just uh, walking around the, the culture, the people, yeah, There's something about it. I really, I really love Costa Rica, and I, I mm-hmm. I'm sort of in a place where I w- I've been there twice because I want to see different things. Mm-hmm. And now that I know some of the spots, I'm like, well, I'd kind of like to go back, knowing sort of you know having a bit of a lay of the land. But on the other hand, I'm only going to take so many trips in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should explore, you know, Chile or mm-hmm. or Mexico. Um, but most of the the news stories that make it into our news about Mexico involve murder, murder and, and murder. resorts. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drugs, murder, resorts. Yeah. 
bad cops. Yeah. And and then the most recent season season of Narcos was in Mexico. Of course, that doesn't help. Yeah. No. Uh, so that's a part where I'm like, I don't know. You, you see a lot of stories, but then I hear from friends. They've been in these great areas where there's no no mm-hmm. crime or anything. So mm-hmm. who knows? I mean, I was in Colombia a few years ago. Colombia. Oh, that's on my list to go. Yeah. Uh, it was wonderful. And it just felt very strange being there, obviously, because all of, I mean, it's a, in some ways it's very, di- well, in many ways it's very different than, than what we would have known Colombia to be for most of our lives growing yeah. up. You don't go there unless you want to die. It's you know a, a country at at war with itself perpetually, yeah. uh, so it was just fascinating to think. Oh, I'm getting into a taxi and going to an into another neighborhood. We're right in the open city. It's not there. There weren't any resorts there. Um, there there are. What now. city did you go to? The Cartagena. So that's okay. sort of like the the gateway. Uh, a friend was a friend was getting married, so she had she had a wedding there. She's she's Colombian. Okay, and her family's Colombian, obviously. Unless she takes <laughs> that twenty-three me yeah. test, and, you never know. Yeah. Irish, who knew? <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, ain't that a kick in the head? So it was, it was, you know, it was, it was a wake up uh, seeing that, and but surreal at the same time, realizing, oh, I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting slowly a little drunker and and feeling perfectly safe walking down these streets at night uh, in a place where that would have been completely oh, impossible. Yeah. yeah, just like. You know, even five years before I was there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, something you, very positive about that, too, though, of course. Well, even uh, on this list, uh, number five, Medellin, Colombia. Yeah. Makes the list. Yeah. Second largest city. It's a beautiful city. Can, and it's per- perpetually springtime because it's so high up. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You can live there for uh, 24 grand U.S. a year. Yeah. Uh, more than 30 universities as well as art and history museums and restaurants. So. Mm. If you're looking for a, a relatively inexpensive uh, place to spend your time, I, do you know Spanish? It's weird. I've sort of known it several times in my life, and that goes away. Yeah. So I've studied it in university. I studied it before certain trips, and then I use it when I'm there a little bit, and then it vanishes. Yeah. But it's such. It's a really simple language in many ways. It's easy. It's probably the. Well, it's got a lot of similarities to to. There's you know, a little bit of English, a little bit of French. So, mm-hmm. so as a Canadian, mm-hmm. you have a bit of a head start. You do, and it, but its rules are very simple. And like even in terms of of, of, of verb endings and, and gendered endings, it's very it, it's very logical and there's it's very elegant. I would say um, their their rules aren't as as Byzantine as as English or French or German, mm-hmm. and. The syntax seems to make a lot of of sense too, in, in terms of word order. So you can think, you can sort of, th- for example, when you're trying to think German and speak German, you have to reverse your, your oh, concepts yeah. <laughs> a little bit, and and with French too, the way the adjectives will sometimes mm-hmm. follow the uh, follow the nouns. Yeah, I. It does I, that in Spanish too, though. A little bit. Yeah, I, I kind of resented having to take French in in high school. Uh. Um, but then once I graduated and I went many, many, many times to Montreal, mm-hmm. uh, I had regrets that I didn't take it as seriously as I should have. Yeah. Uh, and now, now that I've started visiting sort of countries that are Spanish language countries, mm-hmm. I wish I had that next level of being able to kind of have open communication right. with people who, who 
because a lot, especially in the, the touristy areas uh, and just in generally, just in general, um, mm-hmm. the most people there have, have a little bit of English. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really wish I, I could either meet them halfway mm-hmm. or, or communicate with someone who doesn't have, have English. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've only to this point got minor phrases. Uh, all, all, that, the, all the charm vanishes when you can't speak the language. Unless yeah, exactly. You're, very, you're just kind of a stranger. Very sophisticated and silent, mysterious person with a beautiful smile and a twinkle in your eye. Yeah, that's Even right. that only gets you so far. Yeah, although I will say that technology has vastly improved. I had a conversation with someone with... Uh, I can't remember the app, but it was one of those, like, one of those Babel, you know, back in the early internet, it was called yeah. Babel, Babelfish. Babelfish or bit. Yeah. yeah. From Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And, um, yeah, just handing a phone back and forth. Yeah. Typing in your language and, and they, they reply in Portuguese and then it comes yeah, back and it, English. it translates. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it gets a little lost in translation. A little, but uh, not as broken phone as you'd think anymore. No. Well, the other thing you can do too, is just you talking to the phone and, mm-hmm. and, and then it, translates into audio audio so you could share a, a set of headphones and do it, but just it's still like frank herbert's dune <laughs> yeah still still seems a little <laughs> strange uh so pa- yeah uh columbia's on that list uh panama, panama yeah panama that was great uh vulcan panama that's a really cheap place to live 18 grand a year mm. uh towns in the middle of a farming community in a valley Population around fourteen thousand. Mm-hmm. You'll need to speak a little Spanish, which you were just talking about, yeah. to do business. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's not much. Yeah, it. I mean, there's so, there's some English, but not much. And and you think about it, it's an entire continent for the most part. You're surrounded by other Spanish people, and you're a little cut off. Maybe you're doing business in the states, but probably you know probably not a lot of that 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 went went on for much of the much of the last century. Um, so yeah, why, why would they need to learn English like they do in Europe where it's the yeah. business language? Yeah. Well, uh, the other thing I'm, I get jealous of is, and I ran into some of these people in, uh, in Costa Rica is I'm super jealous of people who can telecommute from anywhere in the world. Like, like I, that would, that would be a dream to be able to, um, just travel around and not work any- locally. Yeah, just basically wherever your laptop is, you mm-hmm. can you can work and and you know I think it, a lot of it is is computer skills, uh, which is <laughs> you know that's that's probably the downside for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would love to have a, a gig where, uh, you know, you could just do it from anywhere. Yeah, and yeah, that's a dream. So the winter, you it, you know here you're like, oh, you know what, I'm going to go work in in uh, in Costa Rica. Or I'm going to go work in Mexico. Mm-hmm. But. Such is the way life is. There's not much I can do about that. No, well, baby steps. I mean, getting closer and closer to being able to work more and more from home, and uh, it's just a matter of where you're able to have your home. Yeah. So the first step is, oh, I can work from home. That's great. Yeah. Where else could I possibly live and do? Well, and then and then uh, you know, in, in you have to think about what roots you have too. Like I have a, yeah. a you know aging mother here. Right. Uh, you know, whose health isn't, you know, it's not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I live, I live pretty close to, to her. So, right. uh, and, and there's not a lot of other family right. uh, in this city. Right. Um, and now I have a dog I have mm-hmm. to think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in your case, you've got a couple of dogs, you've got a lady in your life, mm-hmm. you're, you've, you've got, uh, you know, contacts here, everything's sort of here. So it's a tough, tough well, I mean, to part take. of, but part of the being able to, to do that is to be able to somehow stay in touch 
Yeah. Well, technology being, being far, yeah, is made being that far, easier but being too. close, it certainly has. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's kind of remarkable. And it's uh, not a long flight. No, no, comparatively, really. it's not Australia or, or. No, it's only like what? What is it? Four, four hours? Yeah, four to five, depending on where you get. Like yeah. Mexico, I think it's four-ish. Yeah. My mother already lives that far away. She, she's in rural BC, so. Oh yeah, where in BC? Uh, do you know the Gulf Islands? Not so well. So between between Vancouver Island and, and the mainland. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. They live, on a, yeah, they live on a little island there, a little so village. So to visit, what do you have to do? <laughs> it's difficult. So uh, one thing you can do is uh, you can have a short vacation in Vancouver and, and catch up uh, with friends there. And then you would either fly there or take the... F- it's nice to take the ferry across. And you take the ferry probably to Nanaimo, and then you'd have to drive or take a bus up to near Courtney and then catch another ferry, oh, wow. go across, and then drive uh, north on the island for a little bit. So it's a, it's a lot of time to get there. Yeah. yeah. And, and is stuff, is, are, are like store goods and stuff more expensive there just because there's the yeah, transportation but, issue? Well, they'll cross, they cross over to Vancouver Island. They have a, they have a variety, they have a convenience store. Okay. It's a very small village on the isle itself, but oh. if they're doing a big shop, they'll go into town. And Courtney, I think, is like twenty-five, well, between fourteen and twenty-five thousand people. I can't remember. Okay, so they've got yeah, they've got supermarkets. That's not too bad. Yeah. Do you do you hear that? No. What, what am I listening for? What is that? It's sweeping the nation. It's a gaming sensation, and oh, it has the greatest prize. It's absolutely useless. It's absolutely pointless. It's the game that we call bragging rights. It's bragging rights time. What? It's the theme from bragging rights. How did I not hear that? Yeah, <laughs> it was coming around the corner. Yeah. Uh, if you, there's still time if you want to play bragging rights. <laughs> six four seven six. Yo, Josh is the telephone number. And you can demonstrate to us your your uh, intelligence, your or even just your ability to answer uh, useless questions. Yeah. And uh, the prize, there's always a prize. The prize is bragging rights. You can you can be the brag to your friends and tell them uh, how smart you are. Yeah, you can brag we, to, to us right now. We didn't pre-plan how we were gonna uh, how we were gonna manage this oh. in terms of of uh, uh, asking questions, but. We could do, you do a bunch of questions and, and we'll see how well I do in them back at you. You want to do it that way? We could. I don't know anything. Are we allowed to look these up? You said no. <laughs> Is that how trivia works these today? Are pretty, these aren't, these ones are pretty like. Eventually we're going to have implants in our brains. So we'll, trivia will be like, it won't yeah, make sense anymore. You'll know, what, know you'll, you'll have access to everything with just a, knowledge. a synapse. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll start. I'll ask questions first while you. Okay. Find your trivia. I got I got mine. Yeah. Okay. In the Beatles song, mm-hmm. who shot Rocky, Rocky, Rocky Raccoon? Oh, Rocky Raccoon went into his room. Uh, probably some Russian. <laughs> it was not a Russian. It was Dan. Dan. I don't know who Dan is. I can't remember. I used to know that lyric. Okay. Uh, in what year... Mm-hmm. Did the Berlin Wall come down? Oh, God. I was alive for it. It was, damn it, 91. No, because it was before the Soviet Union came down. 
So it was 89. Nice work. All right. The Eisner Award uh-huh. is, a, is an award given in what field? For comics. What is the only mammal that can't jump? Ooh, the snake. <laughs> no. No, wait, wait. Oh, you go. Okay. I'll I meant, give you another. Go ahead. I meant the snake. <laughs> the elephant. I what? Didn't, I didn't know that. I was very surprised to Snakes find can't jump either, and they might be mammals if you redefine them. They can lunge. That's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, they wh- can jump. Which, this is a, a I picked this one because you're, you know, you have a musical background. Okay. Which fa- Rocky Raccoon because uh, I'm just, de- I'm depleted. Which famous classical composer's music mm-hmm. was featured in the film A Clockwork Orange? Well, there are several. There's Beethoven and there was Rossini. Okay. And there was uh, Henry Purcell. <laughs> Looking for Beethoven, but uh, you, you get bonus points on that one. Huh. Uh, what 1960s television series was set at the fictitious Coral Key Park and Marine Preserve? Flipper? <laughs> they call him her. Uh, <laughs> they ra- said, hey, I don't want to be called that. <laughs> no, call me this. Call me something else. Uh, Rur- ra- Randy Poffo, oh. who is a pitchman for Slim Jim, oh. was better known by what name? Uh... The Macho Man Randy Savage. Hey! Who says you don't know trivia? Uh, in what horror movie, what horror movie title character will appear if you chant his name five times in a mirror? Candyman. Hmm. Very good. Uh, the elephant. The elephant can't jump. <laughs> the elephant. What 1984 comedy is credited with the popularity of the girl's name, Madison. Oh. Uh, oh, it was one of the... Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, it's on the tip of my brain. Uh, it's one of those what's-its by who's-it. Uh, Sixteen Candles. Sixteen Candles? That's a guess. Final answer? Yeah. Am I right? No. Elephant. It's uh, Splash. Oh! Daryl Hannah. I guess her name was uh, Madison. I don't know. Oh, because she saw the street name. Is that how? Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I don't know. I'm very vague could, on that. Could she read? Okay, last question. <laughs> it's a musical one. Yes. Uh, what's the name of the leading female singer in an opera? What? What's the name of a leading? Of the leading female singer in an opera. Well, colloquially, the, the diva, but usually the soprano. Uh, something we, we call people who are, are kind of very s- self-centered. Oh, not another word, two words. Prima donna. There you Prima go. Prima donna. Prima donna. All right. That's, those are my questions. You All did right. pretty well. I think you only missed two out of about ten. Okay. Now it's my, my turn to embarrass myself. Oh, these are more. And just give a thumbs up or thumbs down. Okay. On Lanny McDonald's 1974 rookie card. Oh, my gosh. How many mustaches does he have? This is this a trick question? It's framed as one. How many mustaches does Lanny McDonald have on his 1974 rookie card? Well, I, I, the only obvious answer is one. 
The answer is zero. He is clean shaven. Oh, it's a bit the of a famous, trick question. The famous, famous mustache, mustache is not there. Is missing. I he, he looks that. like a, a. He looks very boyish. Uh, and so to continue on Daryl Sittler's 1971 rookie card, how many mustaches does he have? Well, based on the last question, I'll say one because it was a surprise that. Right. Is it one? No, there's a further surprise. His rookie card was, in fact, in 1970. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> really, really, the fair question is, what was what year was Daryl Sittler's rookie card? OPG OP, uh, slash Topps rookie card, 1970. Are these all uh, no, hockey the, card the, questions? I, I, I've been fascinated with them recently. Okay. Uh, playing the hockey card market. So here's these are more open to start, maybe conversation starters. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so who com- this is a composition question? Okay, and I, I guess I should have known I'd be asking you. So, but okay, but uh, that's all right. I'll give it a it's, shot. It's a little. It's a little. These are all a little obtuse. Uh, who composed the music in the famous sample known as the orchestra hit, which is heard in so many '80s and early '90s songs? How does it go? Bam! <laughs> and you can look up. You can look up the sound later. It was in so many sounds. Where would it be very famous? Using the Fresh Prince, using a lot of Janet Jackson, a lot of hip hop, uh, early sampling technology. Mm. Used what was called the orchestra hit, but it was from an original source. Someone actually composed now, the s- chord that you hear. Was this okay? Now, okay. Here's the question: mm-hmm. When somebody uh, composed it, mm-hmm. was it was it like a famous composer, or was yes. just a famous? But they yes. didn't compose it specifically. For the sample. It was just taken off of some other music. That's correct. Um, well, I'm just going to throw out like a popular composer okay. or, or two. Uh, 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 uh. Hmm. Well, it's okay. I'll just Beethoven. I don't know. Okay. That's a good guess. Uh, we're, we're jumping a century to Igor Stravinsky. You know what? That was, that was, uh, <laughs> that was the one I was about to say. I was like... That came to mind with Stravinsky, but then I'm like, eh, let's go with the common one. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it was Igor Stravinsky, 1910, all times, in the Firebird, uh, which is interesting that that was then veering towards avant-garde classical music became such a, an important part of of pop music in the last late century. I have to, now you've got my curiosity, so I'm going to... Uh, it's called the orchestra. Orchestra hit. Orchestra mm-hmm. hit. Let's see. And it was so popular that when people bought the machine, which was used for sampling, they they would use this one sample right out of the box and almost ignore the fact that oh, we can sample other things. Okay, let's see if this is it here. Yeah. About the orchestra hit. This guy talking about it. Hopefully, there's a sample right off the top, and hopefully the Wi-Fi is uh, <laughs> fast <laughs> enough. <laughs> okay, it should work. It's relatively speedy here. Okay, yeah. get back there. Where'd it go? The orchestra hit, as heard on what? The Fresh Prince. Yeah, I believe it was in the. Yeah, I believe he's in the. Oh, here we go.
better play it. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to get to it. I know. I'm worried that he's <laughs> play it. He's surrounded by keyboards and stuff. Mm. He's just like a fingertip away from tapping. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's running out of time. Where is it? Oh, this is not no. good. That was That's a big red hair. Marco Bashi and everybody. And uh, yeah, he. God damn, what a drag. Okay, <laughs> that was a shaggy right. dog. But at least we learned a little. It's like something that. I would uh, I would write. Orchestra hit. <laughs> if this show was scripted, I would have wrote it exactly that way. Uh oh, that's a long one. Ten, oh, here's one. This is interesting. Okay. Ten samples. Ten. Uh, orchestra hit band. Okay. okay, let's try this guy. Too. These are ten samples. What? I would <laughs> exactly how I would have written it. What is that? I don't know. These are different. Is that the clip? You'll remember this from the Fresh Prince, from many Janet Jackson songs. Especially that part. <laughs> remember dancing to that? That's Callous Trick Me. This is Cha Cha from Mellotron. Yeah, that's fast. It's like a long one. It has a bunch type of in, Type in Stravinsky Orchestra hit and probably get something on YouTube. Okay, Stravinsky. Stay, stay. If you're there, stay with us. Stay with <laughs> it's us. It's coming. It's not like you can look this up yourselves. But you're in your car, maybe. Listening. If you can, if you can find this on YouTube right now, call. What's the number? Six four six four seven six. Okay, let's try this one. Oh, orchestra hit presets in the fair. Now this is like an instructional for a synthesizer. What? But maybe they'll play it. Oh. Maybe. That's it. Oh. That's it. Yeah. There's orchestra hit number five. Sort, uh, sort of it. Yeah. But that first one. Okay. Those are a little different. Those aren't the classic ones. No, but that first one, uh, that's the one I think, right? Here, uh, I'll play it again. Yeah, okay, okay. Although that's supposed to hit number no, two. No, they've got a they've got a little swell up to it. So these are, yeah, yeah, that's close though. Uh, it's a little different. Close. There it is. No, no, not that that's again. It. God damn it. Okay. Uh, but okay, I, I know it up to Bel Air. That that boot did do do do. Boom boom boom. Now I'm forgetting that. Now I don't know that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
Uh, now so I have many to songs. Hear, so many songs. Now I have to hear that so I can hear and the Fresh Prince. Oh yeah, yeah. It's pro- then I can do it for sure. Okay, here we go. I think it's in there. Let's look. Now this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. Oh. Owner of a Lonely Heart uses it. Run, Yeah. Okay. I don't hear it on this. I hear the instrument, um, the jawbone one. Mm-hmm. The oh, yeah, the vibro slap. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I love that sound. I had an interview with Cake, the oh, band. Cool. Yeah. And they use it a lot. And I got the sort of the background on yeah. It used to be an animal jaw. And and now that's like, you know, imitates the sound of an animal, the teeth shaking in an animal jaw. Oh, I think that's where okay. Okay. it originally came from. Okay. So, yeah. but, but yeah, owner of a lonely heart. Which if you're from us, if you're of a certain age, that video was one of the best ever music video. Remember when music videos creepy, were a thing? Man. Yeah. I think it was big spider. Yeah. And, and, and scorpions. Yeah. And centipedes. But for on the face for a youngish boy, that was kind of like yeah. cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's how they did eye surgery back then, though. Yeah, sorry, spiders. Yeah, uh, and was it? It was in a courtroom too, wasn't it? There's, I, I have only vague recollections. There was a bird involved a lot. Oh yeah, eagle or a hawk. I think. A, I think yeah. John Anderson was <laughs> catching its eye a lot. Yeah, they were communicating somehow. <laughs> we don't know some how. Sort, but. Some sort of fraternity. Uh, okay, trivia. We're still oh, on yeah. trivia. I forgot. See, I, I told you it was in the conversations. Yeah. Uh, okay. So this isn't. These aren't really even trivia. These are just like, hey, do you know? Did you know? But the question is, how much in terms of a percentage of wages? How much did an electric light bulb cost in 1881? A percentage of wages of in 1881 wages. Yeah. for a light bulb. Yes, I'm gonna say, I have to say it's hefty. It's kind of like when big screen when when um, LED TVs came out mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. they were like three four grand, but now yeah. you can get them at Costco for like five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So as a percentage of income for one light bulb, seven uh, percent. Can you uh, break that down to a unit of time, like a, a week, a month, oh, oh, a day, oh, oh. Okay. an hour, three Well, hours. let's see. 7% of a year is... Well, 7% of a year. Like a... <laughs> oh, uh, uh, One twelfth is... Yeah. <laughs> so half, half, just over half so, a month? Yeah, let's say that. Okay. Uh, it's a good guess. One day's, one day's wages. It cost a dollar in 1881, which would have been, a, which is around $23 today. Okay. Yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, yeah, imagine that's that light, light was a luxury back then. It's a weird thing to think, but yeah, uh, yeah, you would, and it probably wouldn't last very long. It's not like a like these ten thousand hour light bulbs we have now. No, we take it so for it's it's light is almost free all all day round. When we first like when I was a really really young kid, mm-hmm. uh, the island that my parents ha- had, like the cottage, mm-hmm. um, 
We didn't have uh, electric lines. Did to you the use couch. oil lamps as well? We used yeah, like 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 with the little yeah, I don't know what's called. And you, you would, yeah, you would have to light this these little wick lanterns along yeah. the, along the walls. Yeah, we also have for water, you know, in a pump house, so you had to go down thing. there. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then that's how you got your water. Yep, dropping the CIA chemicals and yeah. Uh, no, but now, like by the time it ended, we had dishwasher and and it, it, like a whole <laughs> whole other thing. It was like it, it really shifted. My my parents eventually got a phone line. Uh, Did you ever have a party line? Uh, I kept, that was probably, if they got anything like that, it was after my time, but I remember the phone coming in. They had, they were early adopters to solar panels. Oh, that's good. So we could watch, we could watch the Simpsons when it came on. <laughs> Via solar. And that was about it. And then it would be gone. <laughs> for a while that we had a, a party line, mm-hmm. which is just such a weird concept now where everyone has their own personal cell phone. But, uh, for, Places were that were a little bit more isolated. They would only have, I guess, take one phone line across. Mm-hmm. So, your the way you would know the phone was ringing for you is the pattern of the rings, like long, long, or long, short. And so, and going back to even older technology, yeah. And so you and so sometimes you pick up the phone to make a call, and you'd hear the person on the island over in the midst of a conversation. Right. And so you would have to wait until their their conversation was done. And it just seems so like in terms of privacy now, I think <laughs> so strange. You could really like listen in and, and garner all kinds of information. But it's only great if you want to talk to everybody in that same line. If you're trying to call, you just pick up. Well, y- y- yeah. So everybody pick up the phone at, at X hour. Yeah. But if you're trying to call like someone in the city and mm-hmm. your, your neighbor's blabbing away to someone else and, yeah, you pick up the phone and you can't get a dial tone because yeah. they're they're in the midst of talking. Yeah, you're one big happy family, like in the old days when you'd have to when your your parents would have to wait for you to get off the damn phone. <laughs> for a while, we had um, I was I was visiting a friend in uh, London, Ontario, mm-hmm. uh, and they had a uh, a cell f- uh, not a cell phone but a, a cordless phone mm-hmm. that would pick up uh, other cordless phones, so you could hear. <laughs> Other, other people's conversations. <laughs> and I think we, I think we ended up calling, I think we ended up calling a frat house or something uh-huh. and making some strange request. But then later on, <laughs> I had but like that, a, that's another story. I had like a scanner for listening to like, um, you know, police and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. But there was also a certain range of frequency where before it was super digital, uh-huh. you could pick up on, on uh, cell phone conversations. Right. So, so right. Uh, hence, the, hence the freak out by John Travolta in Pulp, in Pulp Fiction, for example. Well, I okay, on one occasion I had a friend visiting. And it was like New Year's, and mm-hmm. we happened to hear someone order a pizza mm-hmm. for pickup at a Pizza Pizza. Mm-hmm. I remember his name was Dante. So <laughs> he probably has a temper. Just but this is the name. If you have the name Dante, you probably have a temper. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so we heard him ordering a pizza. Uh, at Pizza Pizza. And so we called back Pizza Pizza mm-hmm. and told them all sort like, told them, oh, no, no, sorry. He ordered the pizza. We called him back mm-hmm. because he gave his number to Pizza Pizza. So we called him back uh, pretending to be from Pizza Pizza. Mm-hmm. And... Um, this sounds like classic, classic Josh Holiday <laughs> shenanigans. We made, uh, we made like... We, were, we said we were the pizza guy and we were doing filthy things to his pizza. 
and he was getting furious. <laughs> and uh, that's because his name's Dante. Yeah, he had no choice. The that's only just thing I was made. The only thing I wish I I could have seen is him going in to pick up the pizza and trying to figure out which guy was was <laughs> was uh, leaving sexual fluid on his pizza. <laughs> that was fun times. Oh god. Uh, Do we dare look it up? Look up any crime statistics for that? Yeah, for pizza, oh, pizza. God, that was I was responsible Dante for that. Killed. Oh, oh, oh God! I owe someone's I th- family an apology. I think we got another pizza. This one. is the confession time on the Josh Holiday Live. <laughs> I think we got a uh, another pizza one where it was a group of girls. It was New Year's Eve, huh. and I called back as the the pizza delivery guy, uh-huh. and I was hoping to like make them kind of like oh, creeped out, but they were they were like, oh. yeah, I was like. You know, I'm almost done. Can I come in and hang out with you guys? Are you guys pretty? And uh, <laughs> oh, no. And we've, we also did it for someone who was calling for a, a taxi. Okay. Um, at Big Bop. Mm-hmm. And they were saying, maybe we need two taxis. There's like seven of us. And I said, no, no, it's okay. Uh, one of you can sit on my lap. Is there a pretty lady uh, who can sit? Oh, no. <laughs> it was just, uh, it, was, it was fun hijinks. <laughs> the weird thing is that... <laughs> You mentioned a Josh Holiday thing, and oh. my I my memory is terrible for remembering, you know, specific events or things that have happened, especially you know, from university or high school days. Oh. And then people will tell me, "Remember when you duct tape our duct taped our telephone to our table <laughs> in in the university?" I'm like, I don't I don't remember it's that. There were so many pranks. Well, I just they I, just blur into each other. But I almost like, remember when you remember when you let off that stink bomb that, at David Falk. Yeah. Well, that that one's famous though. Oh shit, we didn't even talk. I, he was here last week, and <laughs> I thought it? I thought that might come up, and then I was going to talk. Famous. It's a it's a topic of conversation every time. Yeah, we used to. Um, he used. To, I, I used to like those parties. The uh, barf teeny parties. parties. Yeah. The basic premise of the the barf teeny party that that Dave and his uh, his. Uh, terrible man, terrible man. Wife would uh, throw was uh, you would go and they'd have all kinds of liquor, different varieties. You could bring some too, mm-hmm. which we did. Uh, and you would come up with a, a, a concoction for a martini uh, using various ingredients. And then you would have to put the recipe and the name of it up on the wall in a little sticky note. Um, my two favorite ones that, that I did was the, I think, after sex where it was, I think, a gin mm-hmm. and then like a couple of drops of milk <laughs> and uh, draped over the, the martini glass was a flavored condom. <laughs> Not used. No. Uh, so, so that no. was the after sex. Mm-hmm. And then the 2,000 flushes was my own personal uh 2,000 flushes. The 2,000 flushes. <laughs> okay, so it was blue, blue cur- curacao yes. and uh, one Ferrara Rocher chocolate. In the bottom. Oh god! <laughs> and remember, this was called Barf Teeny yeah. Party. Barf Teeny. And the worst one we ever made was, uh, I don't know. I, we used to do, we used to hang out with a group of friends, and, and uh, I don't know how Boston Cream became like a thing. We would make. We we'd always say Boston Cream, uh, and I don't know what the origins of it are, were or not. But at the time, Boston Cream was in our vernacular, and it was a thing. Okay. So. I brought a Boston cream donut to uh, Dave's place and uh-huh. we, we put it in the blender, I think with some vodka and just made a blended drink. I think I was there for that. It, it doesn't taste very good. Blend it. No. And especially bad blend it with alcohol. Yeah. So lesson learned. Probably vodka or so- 
Yeah, vodka in a Boston cream donut. <laughs> Do not try at home. Don't try that. Uh, if you've if you've tried some magical concoction, and you want to tell us all about it, <laughs> something bugging you? Need a vent? Where the f- is Josh? This is your unfiltered megaphone. When you hear him, you're like, what? Dial 6476-YO-JOSH now to be heard. Talk that rocks. 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 Josh Holiday. Was there anyone ever more rock and roll than Lemmy? Little, little motorhead for us all. Lemmy is... Love it. When you think rock and roll, that's like that's the only guy you can really like point to and say he is like he represents <laughs> he's the icon for like rock and roll. No, I bought the double. Oh, it's still oops. there. <laughs> <laughs> I bought the double leather bound album back in nineteen leather bound. That's right, nineteen eighty six. Which album? Uh, no remorse. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I came aboard the uh, Motorhead train with Orgasmatron. Okay. And my favorite song was and i've watched i've dug up the video and it's just so fun to watch Uh, i'll just play the beginning of it i love this is my favorite motorhead song built her speed i don't the live version is better i don't know if this is it or not but uh, come on That's right. It's a it's a great song. The live version is better because he he's like everybody's born, everybody dies, right? But there's <laughs> one thing we all do. I was built for speed. <laughs> uh, uh, they were a power trio too, man. Yeah. Well, the, I watched this. Co- I watched the concert uh, footage of of that song. Uh, it's it's so old. It's in like a square square uh, format. One of my favorite uh, uh, lines from the song mm-hmm. is a million, uh, a million cities, a million girls, a million real good times. <laughs> <laughs> he's had a million real good times. Yeah, he, did. <laughs> he probably did. He's a he's a he's a, uh, a wordsmith. Mm. But uh, I never got the chance to see Motorhead live, and that's that's one of the regrets I have. Oh. One of my friends was lucky, lucky enough to have uh, toured with him at one point with his band. Oh yeah. Yeah. Any good stories? There, there was one cool. I can't, I can't do it justice because I can't, I can't really remember. But yeah, it was an act of kindness. Oh. But um, yeah. <laughs> I think, okay. I think involving water. He, my, my friend was looking for, for, for water to drink. Yeah. He, he doesn't drink. And Lemmy gave him his water because he never touches the stuff. I think that's the. Oh, that's funny. I think that's the basic of the story. Uh, there was a documentary I watched at the Bloor Hot Dog Cinema. Uh, on on uh, Lemmy, it was great. It was great. He that was the one that made it to Netflix, or is that a different one? Probably the same one. Okay. He was he wearing jean shorts. He was. <laughs> the famous story think, of him. But yeah, about him wearing those cut, those yeah. high cut uh, jean shorts. Jean shorts. Well, he plays and pinball. Cowboy boots too, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Playing yeah. pinball all day. Yeah, yeah. Just a like an iconic character uh, yeah. for like, if you put a put a, like a picture of a, someone over a genre, that would be it for rock and roll. What would it be for? What would it be other for? Other genres. Other genres. 
Are there anyone else who's like so symbolic of a certain style of music? Um, I don't know. There's, I, I can't think of one specific person that I would have. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. It doesn't matter. It's usually uh, dispersed for me in all genres anyways. Like, oh, there's that person. Oh, that person, that person is that not. Um, six, four, seven, six. Yo, Josh, uh, have you, what's the, the craziest drink concoction you've come up with? We talked about this uh, in a different episode. Uh, somehow I ended up in this reality TV vortex where I, f- mm. I found this, I don't know, I was just flipping around and I, I saw Bar Rescue. Mm-hmm. It's not a very good reality show, but I, I was like, I got to watch a bunch of these because I'm, I'm was sort of fascinated with the goings on at these bars, especially the hygien, hygienic stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't go to a lot of bars. I don't drink very much. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was sort of interesting seeing that culture. And the solution is always of solving these bar crises where they're out of business is to come up with creative cocktails. That's going to save them. Right. Um, according to the show. Yeah. Um, the, the flaming mo, so to speak. Yeah. But then yeah. I became sort of, yeah, it's probably some, some influence <laughs> there, but, uh, I sort of became, you know, fascinated with these different concoctions, like with the bitters and all, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really a drinker, but now I'm like, I kind of want to try that stuff. Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, yeah, the barf teeny was, was sort of, um, similar to that. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I like the, I like my classics. I just the, what's your what's your go to <laughs> drink if you go to a bar? Well, mo- mostly I, I don't go so often anymore, so it's mostly just simple beer. But I used to like used to like my simple martinis. beer. Yeah, I just have a, a good beer though. I, I like I like to find out. I mean, it's 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 very nice how the uh, the brewery industry has just sort of blossomed. Craft breweries, yeah. yeah. And just all all these nice little these nice new flavors and, and yeah and some just well, some, nice. some fail and some are fantastic well, it, and if it, it feels like you're you're a part of something local when you can when you can buy something from a, a, a local brewery yeah I love when I can go to some some other towns like what what haven't I tasted before yeah what's what's a, what's what's a beer local that's here weird it has a weird yeah. label a weird weird name I uh, one time I was a judge mm-hmm. at a beer fest yeah in Calgary um, and. The category I was a judge in was ales. Okay. And you you would go around to each of the different ale vendors mm-hmm. and you would have a small glass of, of or, or, you know, a couple of, uh, maybe an ounce of, of their different different uh, uh, brews. But the category ales tend to be higher in alcoholic volume than, say, lagers or... or hmm. And so at the end of this thing... I, I I was so, and it was di- it was during the afternoon too. It wasn't at uh-huh. night. I was so damn drunk, and it was such a weird <laughs> drunk because it was just like this. My uh-huh. stomach was awash with probably you know fifteen different types of beer. Right, and I. But it was I, a critical drunk. It was your brain was in a different. <laughs> oh my gosh! It was. Uh, I do remember the winner though, and it's, uh-huh. it's still a great beer. Is uh, Innocent Gun? The, oh, the original aged yeah. in. in oak barrels it was it was good i think i discovered that for the it's a scottish beer right yeah i think i discovered that for the first time in, in edinburgh in mm-hmm. 2006 i thought this is it's a nice beer fantastic yeah i, I don't drink as much beer anymore because it messes with my stomach but i also liked yeah, yeah, yeah. like i liked when they would have um sort of a dark uh, chocolatey beer mm-hmm. i'm more of a, like a i like a little bit of sweetness so i'm always mm-hmm. in for the honey beers and those types of things but mm. uh i like them clean i, I found it 
And again, it was from, from traveling. It, it was weird. When I, I found Innocent Gun there, I couldn't find it here for the longest time or even remember what it was called. Uh, I think even then the internet was a little primitive. Yeah. <laughs> for re- more primitive for research. Uh, but discovered a love for Sh- for Stiegel when I, I went to Vienna. Stiegel, Stiegel, and in Vienna, just you're you're at a you're at a cafe or wherever sitting. You're sitting outside. You're sitting at a place where probably Beethoven used to drink, you know, in the in the early 19th century, and or, or, or Schubert or whomever. And you know, part of it is is that feeling. A part of it, this is a really nice beer, and I had I came back and I. I ordered it here, and it tasted like garbage, and I had to oh. get reused to it. And maybe it's maybe it's the water. Yeah, maybe um, like the the do they have a a brewery, a North American brewery, where they they make a version of it? Or I'm or not sure, and I'm not sure who makes it. If it's yeah, if it's one of our the big companies here, I can't. I, uh, Dave Follows was on last week, mm-hmm. and his trivia was all about beers. Pro- yeah, of course. and I feel like he's, Ste- he's a terrible man. Yeah, I feel like yeah. Stiegel was. There was a question about it. I don't know if it was the oldest brewery and or something like that. Oh. There's Stiegel stood up for some oh. reason. I mean, Lowenbrau was brag about that, or they just put their that might be a North. Are they? Oh no, they're Lowenbrau. Lowenbrau. Yeah, Because yeah. they put <laughs> since thirteen something. But okay, but I don't know if that's just we just yeah. know that because the dates on the bottle, or there's probably an it old brewery. Be. That's a good trivia question. Yeah. Look at look at Stiegel. Mine are not, mine have nothing to do with you. I've got some, I've got more trivia questions. Oh yeah, let's go. <laughs> You're uh, right about the conversation stars. We they yeah they take us take us taking on us down a journey. Yeah. we ended up on beer somehow from the light bulb. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, who was the most prolific composer? Another another music question. Most prolific composer. Most prolific composer. Oh man, I'm such a I'm like a bad with. Like it, you know, in high school and stuff, I would know more about this. He's a little obscure, but now I kind of like he's obscure. Jump to the the, the basics. Um, he's pr- he's, he's how not obscure. A, he's not a first. He's not a first to bat name in your brain. Oh, okay, uh, maybe you've come across him if you've ever taken piano lessons or music lessons. Chopin or Liszt? No. Oh, no. <laughs> Jorg Philip. Telemann, who was a contemporary of, of Johann Sebastian Bach okay. and Handel. He wrote 3,000 3, separate compositions. Wow. Yeah. He that's lived a lot. 1681 to 1767. So that's that's an enormous output. Yeah, yeah. it is. Well, yeah, anything about, you know, certainly not a one-hit wonder. Think uh, of no, mu- musicians today. How many songs do they put out? In one a, and in gone. Yeah. One and gone. One and done. Any more trivia? Yeah. All right. One more. One more. Okay. No, two more. Two, two more. more. All right. Here we go. Okay. Who played the Tin Man in the 1925 version of The Wizard of Oz? Oh, so it's not Burt Farr. No. Uh, is it someone who we've come to know for other things? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Someone famous. Uh, but back then. Um, someone iconic. Even. I, I'm going to say, just because, just as a guest, uh, Charlie Chaplin. Very good guess. It was... Oliver Plus. Oliver Hardy. Hardy, ah. Mm-hmm. So, but that's interesting though, because mm-hmm. he ha- certainly has the body shape for it, where yeah. it's just sort of that long, gangly uh, shape. Yeah, uh, and he, that's the last one. I thought you said you I've got, got one two. More. Okay. I've got one more. Uh, how did Alfalfa from <laughs> the, of the Little Rascals die? 
the in the series? How do they kill them off? How did the how did the, per, the person the the eventual man? Yeah, I know <laughs> who played Alfalfa. Carl Carl Switzer was uh, how, how did, did he, he die? die? Yes. Um. Well, the first thing that jumped on my mind is the most depressing, like oh. he, <laughs> shotgun to the mouth. Uh, self <laughs> self inflicted shotgun wound to the back of the throat. Oh, so close. Uh, oh, hung himself. <laughs> it was a suicide. Suicide. It was not a suicide. Okay, but you're you're was right it? about gun. He was shot. Oh, he was shot to death in in a disagreement over fifty dollars. But in in the fifties, that would have been that's a large around shot. four five uh, four or five hundred dollars. Yeah. Today. Well, that's crazy. He had. Uh, let me see if I can remember the story. He had. He'd become a dog trainer in later years. <laughs> so Carl Switzer was a dog trainer. He he only lived to be thirty one. Yeah, and he'd agreed to train this man's dog, and then the dog, he took the dog into the woods, and the dog ran off after a bear, so he lost the dog. Oh no! He put up a a notice, lost dog notice, and eventually it was brought back and. He paid uh, a reward of fifty dollars to the person. Uh, he, he gave him thirty five dollars and bought him fifteen dollars worth of drinks, which yeah. was probably a lot of booze back then. Yeah. But then thought that, oh well, I should. I have the owner it's owes me this fault. money. Yeah, yeah, the owner owes me this money for his dog running off. Yeah. <laughs> so he went demanding this money and and kind of violently and apparently, the st- as the story goes, was uh, the other person said he was banging on the door oh. and physically threatened him with a knife or, or some sort of like snow globe or something yeah and cut his face and then so the oh my person God. who alfalfa injured went up and got his 38 and came back down and shot him so this is like a very violent ending to to yeah. alfalfa seemed like like he, in the our gang he was the most kind of like hey guys yeah he was the nicest guy he's a lovable guy lovable should have happened like butcher or war yeah or or you know may <laughs> when you mentioned the <laughs> alfalfa it's like maybe the dog like it wasn't a pit bull. It was. They have a bad reputation, though not. Uh, they shouldn't. It's not the dogs. It's the it's the owners so that they are used responsible. to be called the. I think they used to be called something along the lines of the babysitter dog because oh, they're, they're so, so good with kids. Well, they're so and and every time I run into one at the dog park, they're just mm-hmm. so the tails are wagging so much that their hips are shaking, <laughs> like they're just really like loving dogs. And yeah, they are. Yeah, it, it's unfortunate that. The dogs have attracted a certain type of of person who gets them for reputation more mm-hmm. so than 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 you know good things and right. they end up getting treated yep. terribly and that's what happens. In, yep. In, well, yeah. It's, it's a power. It's a power of, of of good intention sometimes going bad. It's like oh, we got we got this this dog is bad. This dog is bad. This dog is bad because there's a few, and then it becomes that there's more because yeah. bad people hear about bad dogs. And, Bad people want to make more they bad dogs. Breed bad dogs. Um, sounds like a business opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to. I was going to talk about this. Uh, uh, this whole hesitation to impeach Donald Trump. Are you in politics at all? I am. I just don't. I don't talk about yeah. it except at the dinner table. And, and yeah, <laughs> I, I. I. I'll only say this: is that do you have, uh, a, strong, do you have a strong opinion? Yeah, I well, yeah, I get very frustrated with mm-hmm. with the the Trump administration, mm-hmm. and I I'm just I don't understand like I, I the the reluctance to have uh, impeachment hearings, mm-hmm. not necessarily go right to impeachment, but mm-hmm. I think if you start having the hearings, mm-hmm. 
and you stretch those out until the election without actually coming to a conclusion before the election is done, mm-hmm. that gives you a chance to have a great season finale. Well, no, it gets it it, it allows the the television audience to, because no one's reading the, the Mueller report and mm-hmm. it and all of the other things and uh, by going forward with uh, an impeachment in- inquiry, it mm-hmm. gives them more leeway to call witnesses who might otherwise uh, claim some sort of privilege. It, it opens a lot of doors that way, mm-hmm. and because most of the the general populace in the U.S. gets their their news not from reading, but from the TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, having these witnesses on television on a, on a daily and a weekly basis for you know months and months and months, mm-hmm. I think might change popular opinion in terms of of Donald Trump. And we, you saw that with the when you look at the. Um, I I wasn't I don't think I was alive, but certainly I've <laughs> seen the the history of the Whitewater and. Uh-huh. Uh, once they started these these inquiries and these these um, what Watergate or did I say what did I say Whitewater that was the, Watergate the, 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 yeah the Whitewater yeah uh, <laughs> no Watergate they had their own camp yeah of once they once they uh, started the the hearings and it was televised uh-huh. public opinion shifted in a major way and right and I feel like if you can move forward just with the inquiry. Mm-hmm. And stretch it out, you not because it, it's not going. He's not going to be impeached because the Senate's going to protect, uh, protect him because it's it's they, the Republicans have the majority and they've mm-hmm. they've gone. They're they're in for a dollar. They're, circ- for, they're all circling in for a wagons. dollar, in for a pound, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, so, but I just feel like move ahead and and, and start mm-hmm. getting that stuff, getting the hearings going. You may change public opinion, which. As it leads up to the election, may may help mm-hmm. help uh, swing the voters, mm-hmm. even though you don't necessarily come to an impeachment conclusion. Yeah, no. well, it's, it's that group of undecideds. I mean, there's there's obviously the, the, you know, there's true believers on either side, and they're never. It seems like nothing. Yeah, nothing can can change their point of view. Well, and I don't. I like it's. I think we say either side. That's sort of a a, a bit of a misnomer because. I'm, I'm I'm talking about politics in, in general. In general, it's okay. My, my tribe or your tribe? It is very tribal. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like a like a team thing where, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, see, you see Republicans taking glee and like, oh, we we uh, we got you, you lived yep. hard or, yep. or a snowflake. Yeah. It's without really thinking about, oh, this is a terrible thing that's happening. It's like yeah. as long as it makes them ang- no, angry. It's, it's team. It's team sports. Yeah. Yeah. It's winning. And uh, yeah. and yeah, and people don't seem to to. I think now people are so far in. They can't really back out and say, "Well, now he's gone too far." It's just a s- incremental. But yeah, uh, did you see? So he's a prolific liar, and he's he has no problem contradicting himself within no, no, even, it, even a, a sentence. No, it's it's it's, uh, it's all lies, and it, it's all about personal enrichment. Like the, uh-huh. the, he's no, the, there's no empathy at all. Like he's not. He's a. Uh, I won't even talk about it because people. <laughs> I did. The, I, I. I. I guess there was some talk radio, and I said this on the on the radio. You get people who calling, and this is in Canada, uh, defending all kinds of things, and you would ha- try to have a reason to argue, reason to argument with them, mm-hmm. or discussion, and you couldn't because there weren't a common set of facts that you could agree on because everything that was bad about about the Trump and Trump administration was fake and fake news. So you can't mm-hmm. find like you can't reason with. Some of these people because they don't live in a fact-based universe. Um, anyway, 
<laughs> there was a funny story, not necessarily to debate or talk about, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, there's this, a guy in the, in the UK who had a Roomba, mm-hmm. and he also uh, fostered dogs. Okay. And one of the dogs got in an area he wasn't supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And can you guess what happened? Um, the oh, the dog went in a place he wasn't supposed to go. The the, 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 the Roomba the Roomba cleaned up after the, the dog. The Roomba uh, <laughs> the Roomba ran right into the pile of dog poop, uh-huh. and the photographs are so really disgusting. They show the inside of the Roomba. It's just like cake. Like it just it just looks like there's mud inside the in like the bottom of the Roomba. And then the guy had a picture of his bathroom and. The Roomba basically just kept working and smearing this dog poop oh. all over its all over his apartment. That's right. So if the Roomba doesn't polish, the Roomba picks. It just picks out. So so it's it's basically like dragging around this whole apartment. This dog poop. I can't imagine. Um, do you, were you ever a smoker? Yeah. Are you not still? No, I quit. I quit uh, thirteen years ago. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I I've always been like a you. I've been pretty adamantly anti-smoking. Okay. In 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 like grade not just eight. non, but anti. Anti, yeah. Yeah. Grade eight, I I uh, I I smoked um, some pine needles rolled up in toilet paper. Okay. Amazing. <laughs> no, <laughs> I've been pretty. Yeah, my dad smoked, and he used to smoke in the house, and and I'm of an age where I even remember being on an airplane filled mm-hmm. with smoke and just mm-hmm. just being t- grossed out and. and and not liking it all, but yeah, I, anyway, the, uh, the vaping thing, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm not as bad with, cause it's just like, mm-hmm. well, as long as it's not really bothering me, the smoke, it's just mm-hmm. this vapor that that's doing your thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is interesting how, how many people, uh, how many young people anyway are, are, uh, taking it up. Mm-hmm. CEO of Juul, which is the big one, uh, Parents uh, whose teens are, are, are using Juul uh, are now addicted, and his answer to them is, I'm sorry, uh, but adding that vape sticks aren't for teens. But but what? Vape sticks vape are Vape sticks, teens. they're not for teens. <laughs> uh, I'm just picking yeah, up. People, people get their vices regardless. Yeah. Um, other little factoids here. Uh, did you know about... Uh, let's see. Do you wash your underwear in hot water? Uh, no, mostly cold. Oh well. Should I be washing it in hot water? It says uh, washing your underwear with a with a Roomba in in water under forty degrees Celsius uh-huh. or one hundred and four degrees Fahrenheit will leave them full of poop bacteria, according to experts. Oh. Cold water wash is not enough. You have to wash them hot uh, or use an antibacterial detergent. Or go commando. I. I I have my washer. I don't know that when it's, even the hot doesn't seem hot enough. Uh-huh. So in in the dryer is where the heat really gets cranked. What if your what if your nads are really hot all the time? Mine get pretty warm down there. Yeah. It's it's. I think it's, I'm killing a lot of I'm killing a lot of bacteria right now <laughs> as we're talking this this evening. You're killing like bacteria co- with the heat of your nads. With the heat of my nads, it's the, the equivalent of a of a hot water cycle. Okay, now this is strange. Sometimes mm. I will have a sweat down in the groiny area. Yeah. Along this between the the leg and the test, yeah. testes area. Yeah. And I may just be imagining it, but I'll s- smell the sweat. Mm-hmm. It smells like vinegar. 
I don't, I don't know if <laughs> I'm imagining br- or brother, if that's brother, that ain't vinegar. Yeah, it's... So how do you... You like your chips? You like those salt chips? Salt and vinegar, those, yeah. Those chips Miss, I just gave you? Smells like Miss Vicky's. <laughs> <laughs> that I uh, gave you? What else do we have? Oh, this is interesting. There's a... Uh, in the UK, they've introduced this, and, and it seems geared towards older people, mm-hmm. but it's... Uh, Basically, a not plugged in here. No wonder this thing is. Mm, my computer is not plugged in for some reason. Or it is, but let's try on. Oh, that's why. good thing. The laptop that I'm running everything on, uh-huh. including the 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 stream, getting out of the stream and the the information up. Uh-huh. The it wasn't fully. Plugged into the power and said, your battery is running low. Oh. <laughs> it's like a, f- oh. a scary, scary moment. Um, if it's not fully plugged in, it's not going to clean out that that bacteria. No. Um, oh yeah. So this the, they've introduced this uh, bench, and it's in it's in the UK, and I think it's geared towards older people. A bench, a physical for sitting on. It's basically yeah, like a park bench type thing. Okay. Uh, and I think the idea is that. Uh, People will will sit down and there's a sign there saying, uh, "It's a chat bench. So if if you don't mind someone talking to you, sit on this bench." And so it's I think inspire people to sit there and then start conversations in the UK. It's a good icebreaker, I think. It's interesting because I always find I like those people who who will start conversations like mm-hmm. random people like how's yeah. the day going and yeah. and but I I f- I'm kind of I feel a little bit shy sometimes in in those situations uh-huh. where. I'm like, I kind of envy those guys who are just like, hey, how's it going? How's your day? Blah, blah, yeah. blah. Um, it's different here. Though. I've, I've, and this was an interesting thing. When I went to London, and I went, I went by myself uh, a little while back for some business, and I realized that it was part of a culture to go to a bar alone. If you're standing at the bar, it means that you're looking for just for conversation. Oh. And people will talk to you. Um, it's just a thing. I, and I talked to a ton of strangers and people were, were open to being talked to. Oh, um, Yeah. Just if you're standing at the bar and, and you come by, came by yourself. Uh, it's, it's not a thing that's here. It's kind of, it weird is in the to movies. Go to a bar by yourself. Here. In the movies, it's, it's a thing. Maybe it's just at tourist bars, but you see that all the time where, where someone pulls up a stool at a bar and there's a lovely lady, you know, a couple stools down and sure. it's, it's a, almost a cliche in, in, in movies and TV. And I, of course, I always wonder if, if that happens in reality, because I'm not, I don't frequent bars, but does that happen in reality? Well, that's more, that's more the pickup situation, but this, this is, this was like, uh, just two yeah, guys just, chaps just talking. having a conversation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and even that would be weird. Like if you went to a, Can- a Canadian See how bar I use chaps? By your, <laughs> yeah. If you went by yourself, you'd be like, oh, this person's a little, a little weird, a little sad and lonely. <laughs> well, yeah. Drinking, well, we always say, you know, if you're drinking alone, you're an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it is, yeah, you, you do tend to look at someone, at a bar drinking alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stigma, the stigma around someone eating alone is, is I think not as strong as it, as it was. Mm. It's a strange, it still is a strange thing. And I, God knows I used to do that all the time yeah. at work just to just the, the strange thing of going to into a crowd by yourself to feel a little free of people, yeah. <laughs> the people yeah. and, and the day creating an Island within a crowd. Uh, yeah, God knows I used to do that a lot. There's that's what's this? There's a Steve Martin movie. I don't know if it's all of me or there's one St- Steve Martin movie oh, where he's he, talking to the sign. He, well, he arrives at the restaurant, uh-huh. 
and uh, he goes table for one, and then all the din of the restaurant stops, and like there's no everyone just stops eating and just looks towards him, and a spotlight comes on and <laughs> follows him to his table, and then he's like, "Okay, you can all go back to eating and everything," and then they all do their thing. Uh, and it used to be you would take like a newspaper, or a book, but now I guess everyone has their phones. Everyone so you has can kinda, their phones, yeah. And I, I sometimes force because I I love people watching. And sometimes I'll have that opportunity. I'll be at a window eating eating a meal on my own, and mm-hmm. I'll find myself on my phone. I'm like, "What are you doing? You you enjoy just sort of seeing stuff go by and people, mm-hmm. and you're, you know you're just reading dumb stuff about politics. Get off your damn phone. <laughs> uh, you don't wear you don't wear glasses. Do you wear contacts even, or are you just I do. okay? Yeah. yeah. Um, I wear. We talked about this a little bit earlier. If you're still, mm-hmm. if you're still with us, if you're still tuned into the we're about radio, to come full circle. radio program, this is where yeah. every it's a callback, yeah, yeah. everything's going to fall All into the threads. place. Yeah. yeah, it's like a herald for you improv listeners. Um, I have I wear glasses and I don't like I, for a long. I was a late. I, I should have been wearing glasses from when I was a kid, and I did mm-hmm. for a while when I, when I was a child. Okay. But they just I had these ones with these springy things that came around my ears, and they irritated. So I was just like. I'll go without glasses. So <laughs> I lived in a blur until I was about 20 in my early twenties Okay, when I got fired from a gig and I'm like, well, maybe I'll take advantage of the vision care. And I got glasses. I'm like, what the, what the hell were you doing yeah. all those years? Yeah. Like you really screwed things up. That's similar. Um, and I got transitions mm-hmm. and they're great. Cause I don't have to switch classes. And, but there's some instances where it's not great. Uh, Cause I used to make fun of like, I used to always look, look at people and be, be like, Oh, look at this douchebag wearing glasses in a, inside, like indoors at a store or a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. And now for the first five minutes, I'm in any of those places. I'm that guy because it takes a while for these things to, to, Oh, they adjust to the, to the light. Yeah. The oh, okay. it's, it's the, uh, it, they, yeah, they adjust to the, the mm-hmm. ultraviolet rays. So mm-hmm. when you're inside then they go away, but it takes a while. Mm-hmm. So I'm now that, Douchebag with the sunglasses <laughs> indoors. Uh, I think we eventually become that. We're, we're that douchebag to someone somewhere all the time. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I, I think I, I I think I've also gotten because sometimes I'm a little. Not when I'm do, doing like, like performing or doing a, doing a radio show or that type of thing, but mm-hmm. in general, I can be a little bit shy of of people and things, and I think mm-hmm. people sometimes uh, think that that's like like oh, this guy's kind of a thinks he's better or he's a, you know kind of a douchebag and uh i think i've just been judged sort of that way a little bit because because of that shyness hmm. but uh i'm getting to a new story here but there's <laughs> an, et- an etiquette expert so i don't want to talk about that underwear i'm still, I'm still <laughs> yeah still grossed out <laughs> you, i gotta i'm gonna have to f- i gotta make a lot of changes i'm gonna have to lice all that chair oh, when man. you're done uh <laughs> There's an etiquette expert from the Protocol School of Texas. Uh, says anytime you're meeting someone in public, such as inside a home, a retail store, an office building, or a restaurant, you should give the person across from you your undivided attention and respect by taking your sunglasses off. Um, and I, I had a not a job interview, but a meeting with someone who was in a position to, to give me a job, mm-hmm. and I went for coffee, and it was a nice day, so we were on the patio, mm-hmm. and. So my basically, I had this transition. So I, I was wearing sunglasses the whole time, and I was kind of kicking myself when I got home. I was like, 
oh, bad idea. Like it just, mm. you can't make that personal connection if someone can't see your yeah. eyes. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, he was unfunny for other reasons, but Arsenio Hall, a lot of times would wear sunglasses. If anyone wearing sunglasses doing comedy. Mm-hmm. Unless he's Stevie Wonder. Yeah, it's really, uh, you can do music and, he, you know, he's he doesn't do like comedy that really connects with people. It's more right. you know, music and he's charming. Yeah. But I think, he, I can't think of any comedian who, who, who can wear sunglasses where you can't see their eyes basically and, and, and connect with an audience. It's just, it's a really tricky that's thing to a, do. That's a good, that's an interesting thing to put out there. I'm, I'm going through a little mental Rolodex. Thing. Yeah. Well, I've seen people, I, th- I think I've seen people try it not just on amateur nights, but it's just one of those things where I think when someone's doing comedy, the eye, the eyes are, are, are so expressive and you can kind of get where someone's coming from if through the eyes. Who was, uh, who was Andy Kaufman's alter ego? <laughs> Uh, uh, Tony Clifton. Tony Clifton. Yeah. I guess he wasn't funny to a lot of. Well, people. he was more a character, <laughs> and and that was part of the that was part of the, the thing. deliberately off putting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and if you, know. yeah. he's kind of just an enormous just for laughs gag. Yeah. Yeah. Really. That's uh the just for laughs gags. Uh, I like. I'm. It's now become a little bit of a a guilty pleasure. I like. I like, kind of like prank shows, but everyone else is like, prank shows are terrible. But I'll sometimes watch it. I'm like, oh, look at that. It seems more up your alley, though. You, know, I, you I, like prank. You do I, pranks. Or You're phone prankster. calls and stuff like that. Yeah. And like, I like hijinks. <laughs> but um, the one thing I notice is like, like it makes you hyper aware of how many beautiful people are in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Some of these, every person on the gags is like, oh, my God, that, that person's very attractive. And... uh you pre- they, they probably select them for that, though, no? Probably to a certain degree, but a lot of times it's it's passerby. Mm-hmm. But you can certainly tell it's shot in Montreal just by the vibe of the people, and the mm-hmm. it's it's interesting. Uh, but I don't know where we're going on this tangent. With <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I'm gonna say Montreal like it'd be like this. Now the one that Toronto. I the one that I like, and then some people say is cruel. Uh-huh. Uh, was the, the TV show Scare Tactics where they scare people? And, the, and but yeah. in retrospect, yeah. I think yeah, if you're terrifying someone as a gag, maybe not so cruel. Yeah. But the great Lauren Ash was on it. Yes, she was. So that's a positive yes, thing. Was. And uh well, it's a bunch of a bunch of people we know. Oh, it's Toronto. yeah, because it was shot in, in and around Toronto. So yeah. so Yeah, I I'm not I'm not particularly a fan of of shows like that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't have a mean bone in my <laughs> body. You're just the sweetest. I'm kid. just a I'm just lovable old Matt Reed. Lovable Matt Reed. Everybody knows me. So I'm not like that David Follows. Let's get your He's uh, a monster. Let's get let's get let's, your let's social give meet. let's give Dave Follows Dave, number out and Dave we'll dox, let's a call. dox Dave Follows. <laughs> yeah. Where does he live? <laughs> uh so uh your what's what's your uh Twitter handle, your Instagram, all that I'm junk? rarely on Twitter, but okay, every so, so often. But Matthew C. Reed, which is also my Instagram. You can look at photos of my dog or some places I've been to. MatthewCReed.com, where you where you can see all kinds of professional all stuff. All sorts of stuff. I'm also Matthew C. Reed on on uh, on Facebook from my page. Uh, yeah, I update I update update those things. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mostly mostly on my mostly on my web page these days, and I'll take uh, yeah, when I'm traveling. I take a lot of photos. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's I. I, oh, and I'm on Spotify. Look for me on Spotify. Oh, Spotify. And you can hear all my music. I got a lot of music. And people out. look under Matthew. Matthew C, Reed. Matthew Reed. Matthew Reed. R E I D. Or any of your favorite streaming platforms, I'm on there. If you want to hear everything. When was stuff? Spotify, are you on Spotify? I am on Spotify. 
And what iTunes, can someone download an actual album? As as long as uh, iTunes does that, I don't know if didn't they end downloading recently or oh, they're about to. I hope not. They're moving. They're moving to streaming. I know the downloading is probably not going to be a thing. Well, they anymore. keep sending. Yeah, they keep sending like notices like go to the go streaming, go stream streaming. Yeah. But I'm I still like to buy a little individual thing. I don't know. It's a, I'm old school. I like going to the record store. You like to have them in the physical virtual place. I do. <laughs> well, thanks for coming out. Thanks for having me, Josh. It's been great, uh, great chatting with you for a while. The time well, just thanks. flew by. Uh, JoshHollidayLive.com. Go visit it. Turn on the lights. Open the shades. The show's over, but the conversation continues. On Twitter at Josh Holiday, On the web at JoshHollidayLive.com. And hear missed episodes on your favorite podcatcher. Talk that rocks. Josh Holiday Live. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.